Well, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. As I am uh, saddened, but not saddened, I'm excited as well because we today are going to be finishing the book of Exodus. We're going to be observing uh, chapters 38 through 40. Now, we're going to be observing these chapters because, again, these chapters were kind of recaps of, of just strictly certain things and materials that were used in the completion of the temple. And so... Um, so I'm going to be basically giving some insight from chapters 38, 39, and 40 on each on each chapter to, to finish up the book. And so again, you know, I, I think of it as like it's it's always exciting to go to a new book because I think to myself that I mean I look at this as every chapter. Every chapter is like a form of new terrain, and and we're going to be going into some completely different terrain in the next book that I've got in store. Uh, but you know, the, the Israelites here. As we're coming to the end, we'll be going through the same terrain for 40 years. But not to us. We're gonna, we get to see it in a different uh, picture, in a different light. You know, but I, but I wanted to bring up something in the form of a different picture in a different light. And that was because of the fact that, not because they were just wandering in the same spot, but, but who was with them during the process? You know, I think of us here, especially here in the United States, you know, um, we live amongst many celebrities. And and so people people get so excited when they meet or run in to their favorite celebrity. It could be at an airport, a train station, a, a shopping mall, at a restaurant. I've heard all sorts of stories. I've ran into some here and there. And we get starstruck. And we get starstruck with another person. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting here is that there there was no comparison you know there was no comparison that as as when it comes to brushing up with uh, brushing shoulders with greatness few people can match the account of the ancient israelites in the wilderness because they camped out with the creator of the universe with the creator of mankind and every day when they walked out of their tents he was there you know i actually remembered watching this um minister in england one time um, I forget what church he was a part of, but he basically, uh, what's interesting was, is he was working out in a gym, and it just so happened that he ended up striking up a conversation with one of the most famous rugby players in, in England and Europe, and he had no idea who he was with, and the people were, when he talked to people, and he says, oh yeah, I got to work out and hang out with this guy, and they were like, do you have any idea that who were with and he was just like no not a clue but he was famous around all of the of course famous around all of England and Europe and and so on and so forth and and so you know the people here got to be that with God when they left their tents you know and then we think to ourselves you know we think to ourselves wow this this story can can actually lead us to think that wow if, if that were only true in my life you know if if, if god can only uh, if god could control this flashing neon sign that directed the course of my every day and um you know but he he does he gives us his spirit to live within us Live today with the Holy Spirit as your constant companion. Let Him remind you of God's closeness, of God's goodness. And that's what we're doing here in the Word of God, is we're looking at those specific things, His closeness, His goodness, because of how good God is and how great He is and, and what He's doing here and watching over us. And so, 
you know, again, this was neat because, again, all these things that we're reading about, to, to many people, oh, it's not that interesting, you know, the tabernacle's not around and, you know, we don't get to see it. What does it matter to us? Well, again, the tabernacle that we are seeing was the tabernacle that was in heaven. These were the forms of the blueprint, and Moses was a part of the project manager, the contractor, if you will, that had part in building it. And so... You know, in my mindset, I'm like, if it's in the Word of God, it should interest us. If we have a love for God, He has a love for us, and, and He gave us these things to observe. He gave us these things to look at. And may we, you know, and may we just uh, continue. May we just continue to take a, a close look at, at everything that's being done. And, and may we do it with just such a, uh, with such an interest and a passion, you know, because God does that with us. He watches us, you know. He watches us like little infants that crawl around and he, and you know, when, when as parents we get so excited when our children for, first learn how to walk and stand and, and, and to us we're just, that, that just fascinates us, you know. And, and uh, God treats us that way. So may we treat Him and His Word that way. May we treat the things that He has to say with importance, with care. And may we look at these things with, with again, a love for Him and His Word. So first in chapter 38 we're going to be looking. So like I said, we're, we're going to cover three chapters. And it will be completing the book of Exodus. And, and through this now, these are strictly in regards to design again. In chapter 38, it gives the design of the altar uh, for the burnt offering, which was in the court of the tabernacle, and, and the materials for the tabernacle. So now Moses, he wrote the designs for us and gave the dimensions. And, and many, many items now, and many would, be, would probably, again, like I said, they wouldn't be interested in these things. But again... We're looking at such detail that was written for us to see thousands of years later. I don't want to leave out an important figure by, uh, by the, uh, the name of somebody here, by the name of Ithamar. Now, Ithamar is a priest, okay? He was one of the sons of Aaron who overseen the Levites, who were the priesthood. But also, he overseen a lot of what was being done in the building of the tabernacle. Now... Um, it, it, it is said there that there was 29 talents of gold. In fact, no, let me, let me read uh, verses 38 to 40 real quick. Um, or let me, uh, maybe I'll, I don't think I'll have to read that actually. It was, it was chapters 38 through 40 we're looking at. But again, what, what was given to us was the amount of certain items. It said that there was 29 talents of gold mentioned in this chapter. Now, a talent could be about 70 to 80 pounds per talent. So what we're looking at is over 2,000 pounds of gold used in the tabernacle. Now, that's a pretty large amount. Now, I have heard uh, that in today's worth, the tabernacle could be in the net worth of somewhere to 13 to 15 million dollars due to the materials, uh, looking at the gold and silver. But see, it was priceless in God's eyes because His presence was inside the Holy of Holies, which was the back room of the tabernacle. But what was priceless was the willing hearts and, and the hands of those involved. And, and may we take a close look at the gifts and where God has gifted us and, and to allow Him to lead us into a place to be used by Him. 
It starts with receiving direction from God right there, wherever we are. Some, sometimes it can be uh, the first thing in the morning. Okay, but receiving it daily is necessary because where you uh, were you directed to call or write someone? Well, then by all means do it. As I am studying for this, the Lord put on my heart to call someone at the time. Okay, and and I talked to um, I talked to them once on the phone, and I am being directed to call this person again for whatever reason. So you know, the Lord put that on my heart to call this particular person. And the last time that I was told to get in touch with this wonderful man of God, you know, he allowed me to search for his number, and I found it, and he answered, I was, and I was blessed to have spoken to him. He didn't even live in the same state. He was from my home state of California, but I was able to locate him, and, and I am being directed to do just that, as though I would sh- uh, share that out loud as an example, I thought. But y- you may be called into something more complex Okay, you might be called to study something in depth uh, to advance your calling, you know, and Lord willing, the word of God is what it is, what it's going to be in regards to. But but it could be anything in general, because God puts on your heart what it is to do. And, And things that are specific, whatever it may be, whenever you are called to do the work of God, there is no greater than than the other. Right. There is no greater than the other. Yes. Teaching the word. And evangelizing is vital. But it took many others to build the place where that is being done. It took someone special to build a pulpit. It took someone special to decorate the place of worship and gathering. It takes someone special to be willing to clean up after others and to continually maintain the place that everyone is in it together. And God gives so much to so many. And this is a call and an encouragement to give it back and a blessing to him because no one deserves it more than the Lord. Now, in in chapter 39, in chapter 39, this was in regards to priestly garments. And if you follow along on my website, on the media page, on the teachings, you can actually go to the chapter that was titled, Dressed for Holiness. And that wasn't too many chapters back, but it was called Dressed for Holiness. And that also gives insight on the design of the clothing that would be worn. Uh, This chapter will again address the garments. And the garments are worn to identify uh, who is who in their position of leadership. Now, we had Sadducees and Pharisees. They, they were not in existence here at this time. But even in the, their garments identified them during more so the time of the New Testament, if you will. And some of their important things are the, uh, the, that was worn here was the things called the ephod and the, and the breastplate. Because the ephod was, was worn like a vest. And then there was a breastplate on, on it. And on there, there was also 12 stones that was on the garment. And that would be, the, um, the, each stone would be representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Because each inscribed with the name of each tribe, and it would also symbolize how the high priest represented the people before God. The breastplate had pockets that held the stones or plates, and they called, the, called them the, the, Ur, the Urim and then the Thummim. And what they did is they consulted the Urim and the Thummim. 
But now, in this chapter, the tabernacle will be completed. And observing the chapter on how Moses wrote it, we can see how God was making sure that all the details were were in here again. Why? Because there is a tabernacle in heaven that I mentioned. Same design, same build. But it was, again, that that was to be out on earth for them as they traveled. That was their traveling church at the time. And, and we could see that even the creator of earth and heaven and the universe was concerned even about even the slightest detail of the little things. Now, look at us, right? The, the Bible says that, that God knows the exact amount of hairs on our heads. You know, and we can even look at one simple cell in the human body. One simple cell is so complex by design that that shows that even the little things meant something to God in us. But in this event, we see that Moses learned something new in that of managing the people. Uh, great leaders are not always experts of all things, but they but they're good. They gather others to help and encouragement. And that's one of their gifts. Now, Moses was able to gather the people and the right people. Now, Moses was not given every talent required to build the tabernacle, but he had the talent to gather and lead. Okay, Moses was raised in the Egyptian empire. He was adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh. Uh, Moses was taught and educated in what was considered the elite place in the world at that time. So Moses was what we consider privileged in the world's outlook. He was being prepped for leadership in the Egyptian kingdom under Pharaoh. And he was trained in many things that people could only dream of. But none of those things came close to the gifts and training that God provided Moses. Okay, we, uh, Moses at the time, what had happened was is he seen two Hebrew men fighting in Egypt. And he kind of went up to him and he asked him, he's like, why are you fighting each other? You're brothers. Well, they responded to him by saying, we've seen you kill an Egyptian and bury him in secret. <laughs> so once, they, once he found out that somebody had seen him do that, because that's what he did, Moses left Egypt and, and, and spent a good 40 years living and hiding. So he was not truly effective until he came face to face with God. And by that, he was able to gather the right people. And, and he could thank his father-in-law Jethro for that because it was, it was he that told Moses that you're going to kill yourself if you think that you can handle all these people and all their issues by yourself. So what did God do? God put him with all the right people. Now we look at chapter 40. In chapter 40, they would set up the tabernacle. And once a year, it was there as, as for remembrance of their exodus out of Egypt. See, this would reflect their time with God and really was a growth check. How far did some go with God in the time there? Was it just a travel time done in stagnancy or will there be true growth? Will there be an experience with him? Will there be a relationship with God when they, when they reach the promised land? And a lot of times when we get what we want or need, we stay in a state of, I don't need God now. And this is one of many reasons why God created these gatherings. It was to remember him and his love and his deliverance. Now, now Moses was careful to obey God's instruction on what was done. Because what was done in the Exodus, in the Red Sea, in the travel, and in the commandments. And, and at this point, obedient and making sure that the tabernacle was built specifically in the design of what God said it to be. 
you know, for us, we can say the same. You know, do we strictly do we strictly sit and expect things to come and appear? Okay, God create this for me and on this day and, and, and it will be good, right? That's sometimes probably a mindset. But we can learn from Moses' example to simply put our best foot forward in whatever the call is. See, the care of the tabernacle was a very long list of things to do. And we must take into consideration that it still applies in the churches or the tabernacle. Now, I am using modern day examples to everyone who has uh, their hands in a position in the church. But, but now, I, I have never lived in a place where it snows every winter. But you could use someone uh, that may be delegated to clear the pathway into the sanctuary. Someone who washes dishes for the communion. Uh, m- many may consider that these are unimportant tasks. But what does God think? Because some of the most vital parts of the ministry are in the smallest things. If there is an important lesson I've learned over the years, it is an important, it is an opportunity to do anything I can do. Yes, I have been called to be a pastor teacher. But as a pastor, the requirements are that of a servant of all. And I have learned that a servant of all is all things, all people, all ages. But again, many come together to accomplish these things. It takes many. You know, and never think that your presence is ever too big in a church or a ministry because those items belong to God. And no one's presence is bigger than His. You know, if we think that there is a door that's too small for us, it's probably just our size. And some of the greatest examples that I have witnessed are the pastors who are behind the pulpit during service and and then addressing the cleaning of the bathroom or taking out the trash after. Because if God calls us to do anything in His church or His ministry, it was by divine calling. And by that, we want to make sure that it is by divine order. And of course, in a very important remembrance, doing all these, uh, doing all these with clean hands, meaning that we, that we have not been doing anything to taint the ministry and in the holy place of God, is what I mean by that, with that of clean hands. <laughs> so, at the end of chapter 40, the tabernacle was raised up. And the reason was simply shown in verse 16. So Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did, is what was said. The Lord commands, and when we do according to him, then we see results, we see accomplishment, and we see victory. We must remember that every good thing comes from above, according to his word. And that was his word, okay? Not not a biblical opinion from something that sounds good. This was a wonderful, a wonderful work to be done for the time being. And I say for the time being because it, um, it was for 40 years that they would travel through the desert. But I do want to read the last few verses of chapter 40 to close out the book of Exodus. So that way I could give us uh, the closing insights of something important that was said because the majority of all those three chapters were in regards to clothing, uh, items of the tabernacle and, and again, it was kind of a recap of the things that were involved in the design. But what was said here was important. Verse 
And this is the very end of Exodus. Verses, uh, chapter 40, verse 34 through 38 says, But then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Now, what is neat about this, in the cloud resting above the tabernacle was that many years later, when the temple will be built, there's going to be a a very large, grandiose temple to be built, that that same exact thing that will happen with the tabernacle. And we see that in 1 Kings. We see the glory of God in the tabernacle or temple. It made it to where not even Moses could enter at the time. And that same cloud will be doing the same thing years, hundreds of years later when the temple will be built. But this was the, what this shows was that either day or, 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 or night, God was there dwelling amongst his people. Cloud by day, fire by night. But that is always the key in his presence. What is, what is a temple or a tabernacle, a church, a synagogue without his presence? It's pretty much nothing more than a fancy facility because... No one has earned their deliverance. No one earned their right to be in a, in a position of servanthood or authority. All of this was given by grace and, and blessed by obedience. And we looked at the golden calf worship of before. The golden calf worship would have been enough for anyone else to say, I, I, I am not forgiving this and I will disappear forever. But no, God ended this particular story with his promise of love and deliverance. Showing that God can be trusted and he is faithful. We have to remember that we have faith, but only God is faithful. He's slow to anger, showing mercy to thousands. All right? Now, not many uh, now m- many ask why? Why only thousands? <laughs> why didn't God show mercy to billions and trillions? So they ask, why thousands? Well, that's probably because thousands that ask for mercy get mercy. If millions do not ask for mercy, then therefore what else can you do? See, I hope through this book that the attributes of God were seen. And and seen that we have never seen before. As we will see more. Every book that we will see will show something more of God. Because I always stress that just because that this is the Old Testament, that this is not an old God, and, and that a new one has come amongst us, no, he, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the only thing that he, the only thing that he sent that was new was his only begotten son to die for the sins of the world. And by that, there was no longer a requiring for a sacrifice because it was done once and for all. That was God's plan. But for the time, this was, this was uh, the way things were done then. And, and may we have enough desire to know God, to look at the things of then. Because they traced 
these things right until now. And, and praise be to God. Praise be to Christ who gave us access to God. And by that, I want to give the invitation to receive him as your Lord and Savior. And, 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 and your Father. Your Lord, your Savior, your Father. As we too have access. And we too have a way to the Father by that of Christ Jesus. So I, I want to make sure that... Uh, I just want to make sure that, that again... That when we see anything in the Old Testament, we're seeing the reflection of Christ through that in the New. He was there to fulfill. He was there to, to, to fulfill all things, and he did just that. So when we look at Exodus, we saw, you know, throughout the years, the stepping stones, everything came together perfectly. The Word of God is accurate. The Word of God is good. Inerrant. And, and so I want to take... I want to take this time as we end the book of Exodus and as we end the story, but as I do with every message that's ended, I want to give the invitation to receive him as your Lord and Savior. I don't believe in just, you know, preaching a message just so somebody can, uh, can, can um, listen to, a, to a, a good story, by all means it is, but... You know, the Word of God is not just about information, it's about transformation. So let that information transform you as the Holy Spirit has transformed you as He's going through you. So I want to, I want to take this moment now. I want you to, to, if you feel led, and if you want to know God, and if you want to be a part of God, as much as He wants to be a part of you, He has been waiting for you, He wants you, He knew you before you were even born, He designed you. I want you to go ahead and say this simple prayer of receiving Him with me. That all you got to do is repeat this, but you have to mean it in your heart, and you have to say it with truth, that you want to receive Him. That you want to be in heaven with him. That you want to be to spend eternity with him because he loves you and he died for you and he cares for you and he's watching over you. Let us together sing it and say it now, this prayer. Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins. As I confess to you that I am a sinner. And Lord, please receive me now, Lord, as I receive you as my Father and my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for dying on the cross. And I thank you for cleansing me of my sins. As Father, I receive you now in my heart, Father. And may we walk together all the days of my life. And may you, re you receive me when my time is up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, as always, you know, the best part, do you say the best for last, right? And uh, the best for last is receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Take it all in. Take in the whole Word of God. Take in everything that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you on. And just let Him work in you. Because there's no telling what He's got in store for you. But the bottom line is, is that when He's in you, that's all that matters. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all things will follow. So may you do that, and may you bring people to Him. And may you also equip others to do the work and to get to know Him. May God bless you and keep you, and may you follow along as we venture into a new book. So may God bless your families and your friends.
And may you follow along with us as it's always a good time. God bless you.